I am not this deliverer you fear. It would take more than a man to lead the slaves from bondage. It would take a god. But if I could free them, I would. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Dave Juskow Show. The Day of Atonement is over. It is sundown, and we are ready to start a whole new season and a year of sins and debauchery. The middle of September. Beautiful, almost fall weather. I think the first day of fall is today. I didn't leave the house all day. I was stuck inside. Fasting. Not drinking. Not eating. That's right. The exact opposite of everything else I'm going to do starting tomorrow. But some days you just got to do what you got to do. All right, everybody. Let's just start the show. I am uh, Dave Jessica. I'm having a little trouble today because, um, you know, I just uh, I just finished eating a huge meal. I haven't eaten all day. And, uh, you know, I'm full. I usually do the podcast the opposite way where I'm kind of hungry, and then at the end of the podcast, you know, I eat, which is the good way to do it. Now I'm full, and I'm lazy, and I'm logy, if that's the right word, but I made some coffee, some vanilla coffee. It's quite delightful. I made it myself. Just here at the house, I didn't even go to Dunkin' Donuts. It's, it's quite good. It's from that Keurig machine, and I'll tell you, you know, I got the Keurig machine, and I like it, but I don't love it. Once in a while, I kind of crave... Uh, and just good coffee. I want to be like Quentin Tarantino in uh, Pulp Fiction. I like my coffee. I like to make my own coffee because Bonnie's coffee is shit. And sometimes I just got to make my own coffee because my coffee's great. Because I grind my own beans and I know about my coffee. Because I like good coffee in the morning. I don't like shit coffee in the morning. Something like that. But, uh, yeah, here we are, and it is uh, the Yom Kippur just finished. And uh, a year ago, today, remember, Yom Kippur was a crazy start of another crazy day for me. I mean, how weird is that? The day after Yom Kippur last year, remember, the night after Yom Kippur, after sundown, everybody relax. I went to see Sarah on Saturday Night Live after the sunset. <laughs> And then I had like that 48-hour day. I went to see her on Saturday Night Live. I went to the after party. went to the after after party. I went to the Giants tailgate. I went to the Giants game. I came home. I saw a Broadway play. Who else's life is like that? No one's. I promise you. And uh, that's pretty much happening tomorrow, which is interesting. I'm doing the exact same thing tomorrow. I'm going to the Giants talking. Tomorrow I'm going to go, I'm doing the Artie Lang podcast, uh, which would be today when you hear this on Thursday, so you can listen. If you listen at 9 in the morning, I'm doing the Artie Lang podcast at around 1.30 in the afternoon. And uh, that's in New Jersey, in Hoboken. And then I'm going to go right to the Giants game right after, like at 3 or 3.30, I think. The uh, stadium doesn't open for five hours before the game, so I think 3.30. game starts at 8.30. I haven't done a Thursday or Monday night in like 15 years. 
I usually don't like it, but this one worked out really well. It's early in the season. You know, so it'll still be daylight for a while and it won't be cold. So this should be pretty good. But uh, I'm very uptight. I'm very uptight about doing it because the Pope is in town. He's coming to town today. This being, you know, I tape on Wednesday. This being Thursday when the thing comes out. And I'm nervous about trying to get my car out of the garage and getting to New Jersey. I'm nervous about getting back into the city and just parking my car back in the garage. I'm not leaving anywhere Friday. I'm not doing anything. I'm not leaving the house because the whole city's on lockdown. Unfortunately, I live by the UN too. And the UN is in session for two weeks. So this time of the year is a disaster anyway. With the Pope coming into town, it is like extra disaster. I'm sure you've heard about it on the news. I mean, the whole thing is a mess. And uh, first, I've got to carry all the beer I have in my refrigerator to the west side. Now, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that because I have some leftover beer. I'm sorry, but, you know, yeah, I got some leftover beer. I'm sorry. I didn't finish it all last Sunday. I'll tell you about the full weekend in a second. But now what I want to do is put it in the suitcase and wheel it over to the west side. Now, nothing will look more suspicious than me wheeling over all this beer to the west side um, tomorrow. But, uh, you know, if you remember on the 10th anniversary of September 11th, I got stopped in my van four times because I had a minivan, number one, and I was dressed in Indian garb. I don't know what you call it for a man. It's not a sari. A sari is a woman, but I was dressed in the Indian garb. I got stopped four times like a Larry David episode because um, I was going to an Indian wedding and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, okay, well, this is, you, I think you're going to find this funny. So if I'm carrying a bag full of stuff, which looks completely suspicious, but then you have to assume when the cops open it and they see it's just beer in there, they're going to be like, yeah, oh, you're hilarious. I mean, they would have to, right? Won't cops find that funny? Hey, can you guys uh, keep, keep, make it quick? I'm trying to keep the beer cold. They would have to respect that. I'm trying to keep the beer cold. And that's the problem. So I go to Hoboken and I figure I'll buy a cooler at the Home Depot. I'll leave early enough and I'll get some ice and I'll be able to keep the beer cold. I mean, because that's the most important thing, right? And uh, and then as you know, I'll do that. I figure this time, you know, maybe I'll stay for the entire game, wait for the parking lot to clear out and then come in back to the city because I just don't want any trouble I don't want any trouble at the Lincoln Tunnel. You know, I mean, the Pope is here. I mean, this is just the worst time for this to happen. It's making me very uncomfortable. I mean, remember, all I got to do is basically get two miles. I just got to go two miles. Everybody else that's leaving that stadium has pretty much got to go 30 or 60 miles, you know. I got to go two miles, and it's just gonna. It, I'm nervous it's going to take forever. So I just want to park the car and be done with it and get ready for the next tailgate on Saturday morning which I'm going to have to take the car out of the garage at like 5 in the morning so I can be at Rutgers by like 7.30 you know I mean it's crazy I mean it's crazy man I'm telling you it's just crazy so um this is my uh, Sammy Davis <laughs> because you know for the young kids that listen to the show they, uh, they're like now who is this Sammy Davis well Sammy if I may be so bold as to say man uh, let me just, uh, okay, so let me just tell you about the weekend and how it started. Now, we talked about this last week. Um, last week, Lenny was my guest, right? Oh, my God, Lenny Marcus. What a guy. I hope you liked last week's podcast because Lenny Marcus is a, is a true 
friend. He is a really nice person. Now, we, Lenny and I have been acquaintances for many years. He's been in the football pool. We've had conversation. But, you know, we're comics. But we're not as close as, say, me and Jeff Ross or me and Sarah or, or, or David Tell, people that, you know, I've really, really grown up with. And uh, Lenny and I have become closer over the couple of years. And certainly, really, since he's done the podcast, we've become a lot closer. And, you know, we've always known each other. We've always uh, respected each other's comedy. <laughs> I don't think he even knows what I do. But, uh, well, he saw The Odd Couple, so that's good, right? Um, but this guy, now he got me tickets to the Giants game on Sunday. And he, you know, and I had to go pick them up at Will Call. But he came to the tailgate. He came to where I was parked with the car with the tickets. I mean, this guy, so I didn't have to go to Will Call, you know, at, like and get to the game a half hour later. He came to the parking lot where I was with the tickets, which was like the sweetest thing. And then I even ran into his girlfriend at the, uh, I was at the NBC commissary again, which you know I love, uh, because of the Johnny Carson stuff. I was at the NBC commissary today, and I, I couldn't tell what the meatloaf special was. I'm doing Tony Roberts, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, so I'm all about the Marcuses, apparently. I don't know what's happening. But I love them as a couple. And uh, just real nice people, you know. And it's nice when you meet nice people. Because Sunday, you know, I met a lot of dicks. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. So Friday night, right, we start out with this Judy Garland guy. Remember I told you, I'm starting out my three three tailgate week going to a, Judy Gar- a guy singing Judy Garland tunes because he loves Judy Garland. I'm obviously with my gay friends. <laughs> Who else is going to go? And it was a fun time, you know, it's always going to be a fun time, a bunch of gay guys, uh, you know, drinking, singing it up, you know, it's hilarious. But uh, this guy singing the Judy Garland, he was okay, he was okay, but I think he's, I think he's a little, thinks he's better than he is, you know, he did a good job and everything, I mean, you know, here's a, here's a little, here's what it was again, if you remember. <laughs> For the judgment day. <laughs> I mean, he's okay. You can hear his voice. It's okay. Actually, that clip, he sounded better. He didn't sound as good uh, the night that we saw him. He sounded like he was uh, straining, and he just wasn't as good. And you, when you're sitting there and somebody's singing the songs of somebody, and it's just a regular guy, and it's not, I don't know, it's an example, like, I don't know, Katy Perry singing the songs of somebody, you know, or, or you too, because you know their voices and you're like, oh, they're going to put a spin on it, so it's okay. But when you do a whole night of singing somebody's songs, you basically sit there going, God, and now I wish Judy Garland was just here singing them because her voice was really interesting. And it's one of those things where you just don't even know why it's interesting. It just, um, it just is. Uh, like, you know, here's one of her classics I can't believe I'm doing this now who's gay let's just get to the Ask meat of it heart instead with this light brown derby and this bright green tie he was quite the handsomest of men I started to yen so I counted to ten then I counted to ten again clang 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 went the trolley Went the bell, zing, 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 went my heartstrings from the moment I saw him, I fell. 
Uh, that's a classic. I left it on a little longer just for some of you who are listening in your office so people will think you're, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> well, yeah, you see her voice. I mean, she's obviously a living legend. I mean, and her voice was interesting. There was something interesting about it. It wasn't that it was the greatest voice ever. You know, that's the thing. It's like... It's like somebody like her and, you know, I mean, well, and Sinatra too, right? I mean, this is just the, the best, right? I mean, this guy, he brings it every time. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. I could listen to that all the time. I mean, it's it's just so good, right? You know, it's and it's it's funny because I mean that I mean technically, if that song, if there wasn't a time period where those songs were acceptable this would all just be considered really gay including Sinatra you know but for some reason back then it was completely acceptable and everybody thought it was okay I mean Sinatra always got a good rap but Sinatra's not the best singer in the world don't tell any Italian people I said that well you know what I'm talking about he's you know, but he's got the swag I mean and that voice I mean it is something special but it's not like he's a like a classic like he he can hold the notes or what they're, you know, you're taught to sing. He just had this thing and it's fantastic and it just makes you feel great. And he has emotion and feeling in his voice, uh, just like Judy Garland did. Um, you know, they got something to it. I was going to use another example of a Karen Carpenter from the Carpenters. I don't know if you're, but I was listening to the songs. I'm like, I don't even want to play these songs because they always make me sad. Every Carpenter song always made me sad. They're so depressing, especially the way she died. She died of anorexia, you know? Um, that's the way my uh, one of my guests, Michelle, is going to die. Just too damn thin. But, uh, yeah, she was obsessed with her weight and um, died, which is crazy. But she had a gift, you know, like Sinatra in a sense, just this um, really raspy, deep interesting voice you know interesting um you know like in a way i mean like stevie nicks you know not a great singer but there's something completely fascinating about her voice which if you're if you like that kind of thing she's really good well this guy who's doing the judy Collins song he doesn't have any of that my point being all of this is that this guy he's, he's a likable guy he's got good hair i'm obviously very jealous of that and he's singing his heart out and he's having the time of his life but he but he doesn't have it so, you know, technically you're sitting there going and I was talking to my, you know, to straightly, which is technically gayly. And he agreed. He's like, yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, now I'd rather hear some Judy Garland song. This is exactly what happened with the Broadway show that Sting put together. And they used two of his songs. One of them, which is my favorite, was All This Time. And um, the guy on Broadway is singing the song. And I'm like, oh, this is great. They're going to sing this, one of my favorite Sting songs. And the guy's singing it. And then you're like, yeah. I wish Sting was here to sing it because he's better. So that's where you kind of um, ruin it if you do a whole night. Now, if I do, let's just say I was doing a show, if I do one Judy Garland song, I think people would be like, oh, that's interesting. And, you know, he put a spin on it or something, made it his own. But um, 
you know, if you're going to do a whole night, you, you better really come up with a spin. But he didn't come up with any spin. But I'll tell you, remember the last time we were there with that French lady who did nothing. It was just as bad as Madeline Kahn and Blazing Saddles, but in a completely bad way. You know, not the, the fun, good way. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, so he had good repertoire, repertoire. Oh, my God, I'm so horrible with words. Uh, with the audience, but, uh, you know, still bought you nothing. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He was telling all these stories. He goes, so I go to London where Judy died, and I saw the house she died in, and um, a piece of the house was lying on the floor, and I have it, and here it is, right here in my pocket, a piece of Judy Garland's house where she died. Ladies and gentlemen, if I could just take a moment. Judy once touched this house, and I had to touch it. And everybody else on the tour, and I'm like, the tour? What tour is that? If it's a full tour of where famous, you know, rock stars or singers died, like you see Judy Garland, maybe you're going to go to Paris, you see Jim Morrison or whatever. That, oh, yeah, that I can understand. But um, if it's just a Judy tour, who's on this tour? <laughs> Scotty Gornstein, yes, but uh, who else? I'm sorry, you know, I didn't drink all day, so um, my throat's a little sore. Um, he was also saying, he's like, and this is a picture of Judy on the tractor in uh, summer, the, show, the movie Summerstock, and here's a picture of me on that same tractor. I mean, it was, you know, pretty much as gay as it gets, which is fine. It's not like I was expecting anything else, so it's quite all right, but... Uh, you know, still uh, amusing. And then, of course, there was the after party. Is there like, you have to come to the after party? I'm like, I have to go to my nephew's bar mitzvah, and I got to be there at like 8 in the morning, so I don't want to go to the after party. They're like, oh, but they'll be crushed. And I'm like, who's going to be crushed? Who's going to be crushed? And we go, and it's in this pretty cool place where you go downstairs in this little place I'd never heard of, which I'd like to go again because I don't, I don't think it was a gay bar. It was just a bar full of gay folks. And... uh you know, that's all it was. And then this guy came in and he was surrounded by all these little boys. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was with the older gay folk. Uh, <laughs> it was just uh, funny. It was a good time, though. And this guy from this guy who writes Liz Smith's column uh, for the he's, it's actually Liz Smith, I think, is online. The famous gossip columnist who's like 90 now. Um, this guy who writes her column uh, was there and he was hilarious. And uh the guy from the New York Times was supposed to be there to review it, but he didn't show up. So it's kind of like a reminder of waiting for Guffman. Poor Scotty. Snowstorm in New York. Can't make it. Signed, Mort Guffman. But, um... So then I went home, and it was like 2 in the morning, and I had to wake up, and I shaved, because when I wear a tie, you know, my uh, my neck gets... You know, it red and itches. So I had to shave beforehand. So it gives me a couple of hours for it to cool down and then I can wear, a, you know, a tie. And then I had to wake up early. I had to wake up at like 5.30, dress up, get to the temple, take some pictures. Now, here's what happened. Now, first of all, you know, I told you my friend Ashley was coming. Now, this girl's great. She's 24. She's getting there by herself. I'm telling you, I don't know anybody my age, a girl that can be like, well, how am I going to get the, you know, let alone be in that age. How am I going to get, she's like, I got a GPS, I can handle it, jerk off. I mean, she was unbelievable, right? She showed up, she looked amazing, she handled the whole day. So here's what happened, right? 
That's why I played that track at the beginning. So go to the temple. The rabbi is a major douchebag. I mean, he's such a dick. He's, uh, I, I can't, I hate the guy. He's like one of those guys that very clearly was like, you could tell he was that way in high school, like or something. I don't know. Just like one of those guys you meet, he's like, I am in charge and that's the way it's going to be. So he's like going to my sister, like, and where is Dana Richter? And she's like, oh, she's not here yet. And then he just pauses. Excuse me? She's supposed to take the dressing off of the Torah. And she's like, well, she's not here yet. And the reason she wasn't there was because the temple is new, actually built by my cousin who owns the devils, if you can believe. So this guy being a tool is even worse because he doesn't know what I'm capable of. Do you even know who my cousin is? Um, but the GPS sends you to their old place even though Ashley didn't have a problem, which again makes her unbelievable. This girl's, you know, 40-something. Couldn't figure it out. So she's like, the rabbi reprimands my sister. Anybody that wasn't there, he's like, reprimand. He's like, he's like, everybody be quiet. He might as well just shed, shut up. He was mean to my mother. Wouldn't let her say something when she's giving this thing to my her grandson, you know, this Talis it's called. You know, it's a big to-do. She just wanted to say this has been handed down. He's like, no. So he's mean to my mother. He's mean to my sister. He's mean to my niece. So I'm like, this guy's, I'm taking this guy down. I'm doing my plan, which was okayed by my sister. Because I don't know if you remember, you know, I got banned from the last temple for the other bar mitzvahs. But this time, I had my sister's permission. I said, I'm going to read from the Torah. Because I have, uh, you know, that was my plan. But I'm going to read it like Charlton Heston. Because, you know, when I started comedy, Charlton Heston was my big imitation. And here is the perfect opportunity to read from the Torah like, like this. I am not this delivery, dear. <laughs> right? It would take, take more, more than, than a, man a man to lead the <laughs> slaves from bondage. I'm telling you, great stuff, right? So I start reading. So I'm, but I'm saying to myself, I see this guy, and he's just a dick. I mean, the, the, he's such a dick. You know, he's not a nice guy. It's just I don't know. It's just I'm getting this feeling. Now, I don't, when you say you're trouble, it's like you know how like um, some girls are just like. Oh, I'm such a fag hag. Fags love me or something like that. And then you know that fags... Sorry. You know that gay guys like hate them because when you say it, something's weird. So if I say I'm a troublemaker, <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it because, oh my God, I'm such a troublemaker. I am a troublemaker. I don't mean to be sometimes, but, um, you know, I just get into trouble for my whole life since elementary school, right? I don't know. I don't want to do it. It just happens. <laughs> but, you know, now I sound like, oh my God, I'm such a fag hag. The fags love me. They love me. But anyway, so I know, I, because I've been through this a hundred times, I've been attacked by, you know, my HR director, which is a legendary story. I don't know whether I've told you, you know, when I was working at this job, um, uh, school teachers, one teacher wanted to throw a desk at me once he threw me to the ground, picked up the desk, I'm, I'm holding my hands up in the air, you know, had it, and, and he was going to throw it down on me while I was cowering on the floor, and he's like, you're not worth it. That was in high school. I make, I get under people's skin. I don't, I don't know whether you noticed. Uh, this is what I do. Uh, I'm really good at it, too. It's kind of a gift. The, the fact that I have friends at all is a miracle. And the kind of friends that I have, like I was talking about Lenny Marcus, who's one of the kindest people I know. The fact that he likes me makes me so happy. You know, because he's a good person. And technically, I'm, I'm such a dick. I... I really just shouldn't have any friends. My my, I think that's the reason my dad always hated me for many, many years because um, he was so jealous. He had no friends. 
growing up, he was all over the place. He went to college somewhere else. He went to the Army. The parents moved because my grandfather was an FBI agent. They moved all over the place. He didn't have any friends. He was so jealous that I had such excellent friends. And I'm not just talking about my friend Lawrence Lerman, who have, you know, are, we grew up um, next to each other and friends for, you know, 45 years or whatever. And, you know, he he's one of those legendary friends you get once in a lifetime. But then I remember for my 34th birthday... I invited all these great people, and I had a, a great girlfriend at the time. And I always invited my parents to my birthday. I didn't care. And we were all at this Chinese restaurant, and my dad was so jealous. He's like, I don't know why you have such good friends. I was able to talk to Chris Regan about movies, and then I could go to my left and talk to Vincent about Shakespeare. You don't deserve friends. Like He was so angry in like a drunken, fatherly kind of way, even though he never drank. <laughs> That's what the weird part was. It was like having a drunk father because when my sister and I would hear the garage open we'd get terrified as if he was going to hit us but he never hit us he was just so angry and yelling and screaming and you know maybe he hit me a couple times but it's not you know not you know not like it is today where it's bad <laughs> I mean, it doesn't bother me uh, but yeah once that garage door we're like oh no you know what's what's going to happen you know I'm like oh my god what did I do now which maybe been nothing and my sister and my mother were like, oh, no, what did David do now? So it was um, almost being terrorized. You know, growing up, there's a lot of... I don't know why I'm telling you all this now. I just... I don't know, I guess I'm reflecting on the Jewish holiday. But sometimes upstairs, I can hear people, you know, stepping. I live in an apartment building. I can hear people stepping, and it makes me nervous that my dad's going to come down and start yelling at me again. And I can't blame him. I mean, it's probably something stupid that I did, but... Uh, Anyway, I got off uh, track there, so <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Anyway, so uh, let's get back to the rabbi. Uh, wow. Um, so I'm sitting there, and, I, and I'm saying to myself, I wonder if when I go up there, the rabbi is going to physically attack me and physically throw me off like the Torah or something. I wonder if he'll get violent. I have to think that way because it certainly happened in the past. So I get up there, and I start reading... Uh, I mean, really, exactly like this. I am not this deliverer you fear. It would take more than a man to... <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm like, and the Lord told Moses, this is the day you will die. I'm, com I'm combining the Ten Commandments and the Planet of the Apes. And am I doing it as a joke? Maybe, but it's also a good read. Because you know how people get up in church and in temple... And certainly I've been to church many times. And you're reading from the thing and you're just going, and Jesus said, if the Lord is going to do something, then you have to do it. And that's the way people read it with no rhyme. Because they, they, they don't, they're not up there for theatrics. They, they're just like, this is an honor. Everybody has to do it. You're not good in front of crowds. Um, and you're just trying to get through it. So you figure this guy, after seeing all these jerk-offs do it, like would appreciate a really good, you know, read, something I, I practiced. I looked at it beforehand. I knew all the pronunciations. He thought he'd be pleased, but as soon as I started, everybody started laughing. And then he was—he grabbed me, and he's like, all right, all right, take it down a notch. He was like so angry. It was just like being in third grade. Take it down a notch. I know everybody's laughing. Can you imagine doing this in front of uh, you're reading from the, the, the sacred, I'm doing the air quotes, Torah, and this jerk-off is like wrestling me to the ground. You, you, you're not even allowed to do anything while the, while the ark is open, the Torah is open. This guy is like, oh, you're not going to ruin my service. 
in front of a bunch of 13-year-olds, what's supposed to happen? What's he going to think? Um, you know, so then I just go, very well, Rabbi. I do it in the same voice. I don't even look at it. Like, very well, Rabbi. I see your point. Uh, so I do that in the invitation, and then I continue to read the exact same way. Took it down a little bit, and then finished it off with the flourish. And this is the day we will go to the Feast of Booths. And Jacob will take... Whatever it is. It was, uh, it was you know, it was, it was classic. And then um, I basically went to... The guy was... You could see he was just so angry. And I basically went down to sit down and... I just stared at him like Jeff Spicoli in uh, Fast Times Ridgemont High, like as if I was high as a kite and just smiled the whole time with my sunglasses. I didn't have my sunglasses on, but I was just smiling like where he would have to look at me like like the teacher, like Mr. Hand, just being like, ugh, this guy's so high. <laughs> but I wasn't, you know, I was just uh, trying to put a smile on my face looking like I wasn't just a complete tool, but I guess I was according to him. Meanwhile, I sit down this girl that I always liked in high school, one of my sister's friends, she still looks really pretty. Um, I turn around and she just mouths to me, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, oh my, I, I think uh, something happened down uh, my penis down there. It was, uh, it was stirring. Um, it was so hot and it was cool because, uh, you know, she appreciated the performance and, uh, you know, it was hot. And then everybody after came over and they were like, oh my God, that was amazing. Would you speak at my son's graduation? Like that like that Larry David one where he stopped the uh, baptism and he's like, would you speak at my kid's bar mitzvah? <laughs> you know, it was really like that. It was, uh, people loved it because it was great because then they're like, you know, even my niece, you know, who's um, 16 was just like, yeah, but Uncle David, like then everybody started listening. That was the only time I was actually paying attention to the service, which is the point that the rabbi seems to be forgetting. Everybody was actually listening. I mean, I'm not, Taking, I'm just saying, God, I mean, more people should give a, a power, more powerful read, you know, with some meaning, and maybe more people would come to church and temple, you know? Those kids aren't going anywhere after that bar mitzvah. They always make the speeches like, after my bar mitzvah, I will continue my Jewish training. Nobody ever does. My mother made me do it, but, you know, it sucks, and it's boring. Unless you have your old pal Dave Jessica to... And the Lord will bless us. Lead the slaves from bondage. <laughs> it would take, take a god. A god. <laughs> yes! Score! Yeah, that was uh, really good stuff. So that was the purpose. So then, then we got to go. So my sister does this thing with the amazing race. And she saves about $10,000 by not having a party. Because, you know, you, you hear about the party. Uh, I heard about a party last week where the guy who came in like third place on America's Got Talent was performing. And the other one where Nick Jonas showed up, you know, for like $300,000. My sister saves money by doing this amazing race. She gets four limos, sends the kids in the limos and teams, and they have to find these clues and do these activities. I mean, it's super fun because that's, that's what people who were not our age back in the 70s or 80s weren't getting you're throwing a party an adult party for children whether you're a man or not because the Jewish religion says you're a man after you read from the Torah you're still not a man you're 13 for Christ's sakes you're still a child and you still want to play running around games and doing weird stuff so 
one of the tasks is they got to come to this basketball court where I'm going to be located, around where I grew up, and they have to take play around the world and get like baskets. And then when they get the baskets, they get the next clue. So Ashley was great because she stayed with me. Because a lot of times I just got to sit there for like an hour and a half by myself, which sucks. So she was kind enough to stay with me, which was awesome. Because it's scary too. We're at this lot, and it's a basketball court. It's a community basketball court. So maybe you're with not. I don't think they were poor kids, but the kids that live in the neighborhood, they're using the community basketball court. They don't have one in their backyard or on their in their driveway. And I'm like, Beth, you know, I feel like a <clears throat> I feel like a dick sitting here when these limos are going to come here and then, you know, these kids see it. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to get beaten up, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, because everybody came over, like, can I just ask you, could they keep seeing one limo after another and these kids run out, shoot a couple of free throws and go back in the limo and then we sit there and wait for another limo. And all these people came up like, can I just, this one with the babies, like, can I just ask what's going on? This is unbelievable. Because the spectacle of it is confusing. A bunch of kids coming out of limos. We're not. This isn't Paris Hilton's bar mitzvah, you know. So uh, that's what's getting. You know, that's why it looks like it's some sort of paparazzi, like some sort of rich kid's birthday. It's not a rich kid, but she's ironically buying four limos and saving ten thousand dollars. If you can believe it. So it is kind of fun, but um, yeah, I just didn't want to sit there by myself all day. And then there's a party after in her backyard. She just gets uh, uh, goes to Costco, gets a bunch of booze and a bartender. And, uh, oh, my God, and the Italian ISIS truck pulls up to pulls up on the grass with every Italian ice. Like, my fave, she know that lady knows I like her. Oh, you're from New York City. She's in, like, Roselle, New Jersey. It's the best Italian ISIS truck ever because she's also got ice cream in there. And everything's for free. I mean, my sister has to pay for it, but still, um, you have that kid mentality. I'm like, you mean I can have a scoop of bubblegum ISIS and orange in the same? And sometimes she has the baseball hats, and I fill them up with, like, five scoops. And that was amazing. And Ashley was like, I'm going to get two ice creams. Like, she gets it. She's like, I'm getting two I'm getting two ice creams. I'm going to get the fudge, and then I'm going to get the Nestle Crunch Bar and a Bomb Pop. And I'm like, you know, it's free. You can come back. She's like, no, no, I better get it now just in case it leaves, which was smart because then it left. Because at the time I wanted more ice, and she left. Uh, I'm telling you, this girl's very bright, right? So then we're at the party. We're having a good time. Everything's going well. The kids are in their own section. They got a DJ. He's playing all the games with them, just like you do at a regular bar mitzvah you've ever been to at a, at a place. But the adults have their separate area. It was perfect. It was a beautiful night. And then Ashley leaves. And now we have the Giants game the next day, and I'm very uptight about it because, you know, she's got to be at my house at 8 o'clock. I thought she was going to stay over, but she went home because she didn't want to, like, quadruple pack because she had to keep changing clothes, and I totally get that. So at 8 in the morning, you know, I wake up again, or I wake up at 7, and I'm ready to pack the car, but I'm saving her space. She doesn't show up. 8.30, I'm like, look, I got to go. I pack up the car. She's still not around. I'm getting uptight. I got to go up to Lee's house. I got to get all the tent and the bar that we have and everything. I got to put that in my car and then go over. I get to the parking lot around 9.15. Still haven't heard from Ashley. Uh, Jay comes, which is uh, Lee's brother, he comes, he's like, I haven't heard from my 25-year-old assistant. You know, like, so the 25-year-olds are MIA. And then we're looking at her, so we're like, well, we we deserve it. You know, we invited the, these kids. You know, it's, it's our fault. And I call up my sister. I'm yelling. I'm like, Ashley didn't show up. And my sister, who never says this, she's like, I, I think you got to give her a pass. I'm like, what? Because everybody loved Ashley. Everybody loved this girl I bought to the party. And I never bought anybody to any of my nieces or nephews' bar because I couldn't find the right girl to bring that would be able to 
do the proper hangout, not complain. Wait, we got to do this. Wait, we got to wait this long. You know, all that stuff. She never complains. I've never seen anything like it. She's like, you got to give her a pass. And this has nothing to do with age or anything else. You just got to give her a pass because she was great last night. And everybody gets one. And, and my sister calmed me down. And then at 10.30, Ashley calls, like, hey, she's like sleeping. She's like, I passed. She went out. She got home that night, went out till four in the morning, drinking with her friends, and then passed out and missed her alarm. I mean, we've all been there. It's just, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I got to do everything my way. But she goes, well, I'll, I'll come there now. And I'm like, you'll come there now. She's like, what's the address? What's the address? I don't know what the address is. It's, it's got a big building and it. it's a MetLife Stadium. You just see it. Then you go down the turnpike, you'll see it. I don't know what the address is. And um, she's like, no, I'll get there. I'll be there soon. And I'm like, you'll be there soon. How are you going to be there soon? She's like, don't worry, I'm smart. I'm not dumb, I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Um, she shows up and, then, and like, she's there by noon. I don't know how she did it. I said one thing because the guys told me like, you know, you can't park here without a parking pass. The whole stadium is just parking pass. You got to plan ahead. So I looked up online. I just said, how can you get to the Meadowlands? How can you park your car at the Meadowlands if you don't have the pass? The first thing I found was like, there's a lot and a shuttle bus and it costs 35 bucks. I said, I texted it to her. That's all I did. I didn't talk to her because I was, you know, fed up. And she, and she, the next call I got was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I see you in the tailgate. I'm like, you got it. This girl's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. I told Lee, I said, I got to be honest with you. If that was me, I would have been like, dude, I fucked up. I overslept. No way I can make it. Sorry. It's a douche move on my part. I would have just given up. She got up, got in the car, showed up. Couldn't believe it. I was very impressed. I don't know what her deal is. I don't know what our future is. But I got to say, this girl is something else. I just want to bring her everywhere. I mean, nothing could be more convenient. But uh, I don't know. So then, you know, I saw the game and it was, we were at the Campo Wine Bar, you know, which I love. And uh, I kept sitting on my material again. You know, I just like, at first we went to the good seats. Then it was so hot, we had to leave. Then we went to the Campo Wine Bar, uh, which is in the uh, the clubhouse area because I, I don't care to sit in the seats. You know, I like watching the game on TV. They also have the Red Zone channel in there. So I like to watch all the other games and um, just hung out there, bought the car home. Um, got rid of all, like I parked in front of my house, detailgated, you know, got rid of all the ice and the bug. I repacked everything, then bought the car over. And I don't know, it was a pretty good day. I wasn't too hungover or anything. So um, I don't know, pretty good time. Then uh, Monday night, Monday night, what? I went to have wings and beer and a little thing called the New York Jets. It was great watching with other Jets fans. Oh, my God. They beat the Indianapolis Colts. How the hell did they do that? It's a miracle. It's a it's a Yom Kippur miracle. It really was something else. I don't know if you saw it, but, you know, you're watching. They're up 7 nothing. They should have. It should have been 7-3. Uh, Vinatieri misses a field goal, a chip shot field goal. That never happens. Then it's 10 nothing. Then it's 10-whatever. And then all of a sudden it's 20 to seven I don't know I think that was the final score Brandon Marshall again God I love this guy and Darrell Revis worth every penny this guy's having a blast it's unbelievable it's a dream come true having a guy like this 
who's already got his Super Bowl ring. He just doesn't care. He's having a good time of playing the game. They've had 10 turnovers in two games. That's unheard of. I don't see any reason why they can't beat Philadelphia this week. I mean, this is very exciting. The Jets are never exciting. So this is this is just really great. And uh, it's making me pretty happy. Now, tomorrow, as you know, I'm, or tonight, you know, this comes out on Thursday. I'm sorry, I had to reprimand my cat again. It's when she, she just loves these headphone wires. Um, I'm going to the Giants game. So I'm doing Artie's thing. Then I'm going to the Giants game. Giants-Redskins. Then day off, then Rutgers, Kansas on Saturday. So that's the plan. So I'm right in the middle of the three tailgates and the thing. I hope this hasn't been boring. I think I've been keeping everybody entertained. But everything's going a little slower, I guess. Um, but then I'm also... Well, that doesn't really matter. Um, so anyway, last week, me and Lenny talked about Kansas City. We were both pretty positive Kansas City was going to win and cover because Peyton Manning is, you know, my age. And uh, you play on Sunday, and then you're going to play on Thursday. There's no way. But, you know, I love Peyton Manning, but goddamn, that guy is the shit. It so, makes me so angry that he did so poorly in the Super Bowl when they played the Seahawks two years ago because, man, he certainly is good in the regular season. He, I don't know how he does it. And he beat the team, and we were completely wrong on that. But my Arizona Cardinals pick, which was completely correct, one, And remember, that was my very solid pick. I was positive about that one. Completely came in with bells on it. It was ridiculous. They even knocked the other Jay Cutler out of the game. It was unbelievable and very entertaining and profitable. And the pendulum pick, which remember, we went the opposite way because she picked New England. So we got, I'm sorry, she picked Buffalo. So we got that right because we went the opposite way. We made it very clear we're picking New England as the pendulum pick, so that was correct. So this week, she picked, I gave her the Dallas-Atlanta game, and this week, the pendulum picked Dallas. So I immediately just changed the picks in my pool and picked Atlanta. I just immediately just changed it. I also immediately changed, I had... It was Cleveland to Oakland, and I had Oakland plus the point. Uh, I had Cleveland minus the points, and I just immediately changed it to Oakland because Cleveland just pulled Johnny Manziel today after winning last week. Cleveland, the coach, just said, "You go sit down. We're going to use this other juice bag, Josh McCowan or something." So I just changed my bet back to Oakland because I really want them to lose because everyone wants to see Johnny Manziel play. He's exciting. He's interesting. If he starts losing, you're not going to want to see it. But the guy won the game yesterday, so make them one and one If this guy, Josh McCowan, loses, the coach will probably lose his job, which he'll deserve because, you know, you want to see Johnny Manziel play. So now I'm taking Oakland plus the points because Oakland's not horrible. And they beat the Ravens last week, too. They're not horrible at all. They were horrible that first week for some reason, but they you know, their quarterback isn't bad. So I'm going to take them plus the points. And I don't know. You know what? I don't think I... Uh, oh, yeah, when I have it here. I don't think I picked anything else. Did I? What is this? I don't know what if I had anything that I was uh, loving this week. I forgot to print out, but I always have the paper available, as you know. Um, 
Where are the lines? Here. What was the one that I liked? What was my best bet? I had trouble picking a best bet. Maybe it was the Cardinals again over the 49ers, but it's a lot of points at six. I don't remember what I picked. Oh, I think it was the Steelers over the Rams, maybe. I don't know. But because it's such a low-scoring thing and the Steelers just lit it up yesterday, I don't know. Maybe it was Cincinnati. I can't remember. Over the Ravens, maybe that's what it was. I can't remember. It's a tough week again, so I really can't give you anything because I'm not sure. My college picking has been atrocious, so I'm not going to waste your time. But, you know, if I get something good again, like that Cardinals one, you'll be the first people to know. That was a good one. The uh, Pope was asked to fix the Eagles' problems while he was in, while he was in Philadelphia this week. The Philadelphia Daily News, just uh, their coverage just said, um, while you're here, <laughs> a little divine intervention with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know if you want, you know, you uh, college-wise, Ole Miss upset Alabama last week. That was exciting. You know, I didn't get to see, I haven't been able to do anything and see any of the college because I've been busy on Saturdays and everything. But yeah, Alabama moved from 2 to 12 because they got, you know, slammed by Ole Miss. And that's where they were at college game day. It turned out to be just the game they wanted it to be. And Ole Miss won, beat Alabama two years in a row. Now, Alabama's made it to the national championship uh, with one loss before, but this one's going to be tough. And now, you know, because they lost once and they've lost twice to Ole Miss, everybody's doubting the dynasty of what is Alabama. Well, how long is that supposed to last? Also, Ohio State moved down in the pools, the national, the defending national champions, because they had trouble in the last two weeks, trouble with Northern Illinois. They only won 20-13. to 13. So we'll see what happens when they end up playing quality teams. Let's... Um, talk about the presidential race for a second I don't know if you saw the Republican debates they certainly are very entertaining that Donald Trump makes it great but that Carly Fiorina um, well she certainly sat up in the pool she did a great job right I mean, she was very very poised and very smart and then um, you know it was kind of interesting but how about that debate 23 million people those are football numbers people 23 million people turned into CNN. That's the greatest thing that ever happened to CNN. CNN might have just stayed on the air. I mean, CNN is in such bad shape, they might even just sign off. They probably stayed on the air just to wait for this Republican debate. Like, no, now our numbers will go through the roof. That, um, it's unbelievable. And for some reason, Tom Brady endorsed Trump. I don't know why. And then uh, Donald Trump had a, like a Twitter Q&A about football the other day. Isn't that funny? Like, uh, do you think the Cowboys will win with Tony Romo out? And he's just like, yeah, I think they got a chance. Uh, do you think Joe Flacco's an elite quarterback? I mean, this guy's hilarious. Why doesn't the president do that? I like that at least Obama fills out the uh, NCAA brackets, you know. I think it's okay for the president to have a little levity, you know, in such dire times. Uh, and it turns out that Taron Killam is going to play Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live this year, which you thought might be Daryl Hammond because he's there and he's the announcer and he he was such an outstanding Trump. But sometimes when I'm watching Trump, I just am thinking of Daryl Hammond because he has all the facial expressions down and everything. But this guy will do a quality job. He's, uh, he's really good. Also, I wanted to uh, talk about two other things. Uh, one, the Daily News... 
laid off like a whole bunch, like everyone. I, clearly, that paper is just going to fold any day. They fired everyone, people that have been there 30 years, including our friend who's been on our podcast before, the great Jim Farber, the music critic, who's been a music critic there for 25 years, maybe even more, and they just let him go. And actually, maybe I'll try and get him on the podcast on Wednesday since my guest postponed uh, Gary Goldman to in two Wednesdays, but I think I'm going to be on... The Sherrod Small, Kurt Metzger uh, show Race Wars next Wednesday. So I might have to tape this on Thursday and then it'll come out on Friday. So we'll see about that. But that's all in the future. But I feel bad for Jim Farber, although he has uh, said it, said that he's perfectly fine. He's got a lot of other writing gigs and he got severance pay and everything's cool. But uh, maybe we can have him on the show, uh, find out what happened more over there. He's a really good man and ridiculously knowledgeable about music. So he's kind of cool, and I feel bad for him and a lot of the other people that they let go over at the Daily News. Also, one of my favorite shows I've really been watching for a very long time, I mean, since the 80s, on uh, Univision, uh, Sabado Gigante, uh, Don Francisco, is retiring and the show's folding after 53 years. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I watch Saturday nights from 8 to 11. There's a three-hour Spanish show. I don't understand a word. I mean, some I can understand a little Spanish, but, you know, the girls on there are ridiculously hot. The sketches are, you know, basically what the Simpsons have the Bumblebee Man doing all the time, which is where they got it from. And they're having a big send-off, I think, this Saturday at 8 o'clock, which I'm definitely taping, which will be funny because I won't understand a goddamn word. But uh, Don Francisco, Sabado Gigante. I've been watching that show so many Saturdays. When there was nothing else to watch on Saturday nights and I was home alone, I had Sabado Gigante. I didn't understand a word that you'd think at that point I'd pick up some Spanish. I mean, when these people come to this country, all those immigrants that um, you know Donald Trump wants to get rid of, and they come to the country, they, you know, how do they learn how to speak? Because they watch television. How come I didn't pick up any of it? I know I can speak a little Spanish, but I mean, how come I didn't pick up more? Why aren't I fluent in Spanish? Am I an idiot? And when you see Spanish people, like the people that he wants to get rid of, um, and they all seem, and this might come out the wrong way, but if, if some of them seem stupid and they're doing jobs because we think they're not that smart, if you can speak two languages... That seems pretty smart to me. I'm very jealous of that. I want to speak two languages. It's too late now. It's definitely too late for me. I just cannot figure it out. I've tried. I've tried to go back. I'm like, let's just stick with Spanish. Let's not try anything new. We've had the training. I just can't do it. I can't talk to my cleaning lady very well. I've had to call up other um, people to have them talk to my cleaning lady. This one speaks English, but the others um, have not. Well, again, uh, the problems I have. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The problems a white man has in this city. You have no idea. How, how. Well, speaking of white people. Sorry. Speaking of Jews, uh, just a couple things I wanted to talk about in the news. Uh... You know, I usually talk about how angry I get at the uh, the Hasids. You know, they, they're just like the Muslims. They take everything a little too serious. And 
the way they treat women, it's all pretty bad. Um, there's an Upper West Side synagogue, probably the oldest one in the U.S. And this girl got fired, Alana Schultz. And she was the program director for years. Um, I don't know how many years. She was the program director and worked in the temple for years. And she got married while she was pregnant. And they fired her. Because apparently that's against the law. I thought that was more of a Catholic thing, but um, apparently, you know, when you got these strict Jews are just as bad as the strict Catholics, and uh, they fired her because she was five months pregnant after getting married, or during getting married, whatever, which is a no-no. Now, she's suing this temple, and normally I'm good with that because, you know, fuck these guys, when they... Pregnants get married. Who who gives a shit? You know, I've seen this a hundred times. I'll tell you a story in a second. But this this one, I feel the opposite way. She must have known the rules of the temple. If you're working there in an executive committee for a long period of time, you must know how they feel about that. Don't get pregnant before you get married, dummy. I mean, I know that's easy to say, but I'm just saying. What? Okay, then. With that being a very sexist statement, I just said. Um, leave you know don't don't sue them you know the rules this is who she's working for so i i don't understand the lawsuit you know that that doesn't make any sense to me i'm not trying to be you know i get very angry about the sexist of religion but this one i i gotta blame her on this one because um you know where you're working it's not like you're just working at a you know a bank and they fired you for that which would be ridiculous you're working at a place who that's their rules so how are you suing them how are you going to win that and if you're trying to bring attention to it it's stupid too uh i just i don't get it now there's another uh my cat is on the shit give me this dummy there's another horrible thing that these hasidic jews they're the worst um they had a big thing in brooklyn a bunch of animal right activists but not just animal right activists. i mean anybody would feel this way they have this bizarre thing of slaughtering a chicken. It's a, it's a ritual before Yom Kippur of slaughtering a chicken and swinging it over the head and three times and then slitting its throat. And everybody's saying, don't do that anymore. It's, it's, it's barbaric. Now, I know we all eat chicken, and the question is, is there a good way to slaughter a chicken that you're about to eat? Well... You know, if you're talking to a vegetarian, of course there isn't. But maybe there is a humanitarian way to do it so it's not so painful. I know that's so hard, but you know, swinging it around your head and then slashing it can't, that ain't right at all. So these are all their traditions, the Hasids, right? And there is a picture, which you could look up to say the Hasid giving the finger or flipping the bird. And there's a picture with this Hasid. He's in his his apron, and he's and he's his kids are right behind him. These two little kids, and this woman is taking a picture of him doing this right on the street, mind you, in Brooklyn. You know, at least do it in the privacy of your own home for Christ's sakes. And he's giving her the finger. He's sticking his middle finger right up in her face uh, while she's capturing it on her phone. Now, with all their traditions, wouldn't giving the middle finger not also be bad 
Where does where do they decide which is the right thing and which is the wrong thing? He's holding the chicken in one end. He's giving the middle finger with the with the other hand. Right in front of his kids. Right in front of his goddamn kids. What an asshole. God damn it. Kind of stuff really makes me furious. But that all being said, I think we know what time it is. Hey everybody, it's that time of the year again. It's television season, the new full season just starting up. We're going to talk about Mondays. We talked about Sundays about two weeks ago. We're going to tell you the place tomorrow. Now the Emmys were uh, the other night, and fortunately, they bought a record low uh, on Fox because the Emmys suck. When are people going to realize they suck? No one cares. Now I know, and I've told this story on the show before, when I found out I was, you know, submitted for an Emmy, I got very excited, but that's just me. The Emmys suck. The categories are stupid and no one cares. And uh, just stop them. No one cares. You know, you're already getting enough money to appear in a TV series. What do you need accolades for, too? Isn't that good enough? Getting like a million dollars an episode? It's not good enough for you? You mother... All right, let's look at Mondays. Now... Some of this stuff I've already seen because it's already been Monday and it's been on. Now, we will start... ABC has their same program that they've had on, Dancing with the Stars, and Castle. <laughs> Castle continues to roll. I watch Castle now every Sunday night at midnight because it's just on the repeats, and I really do enjoy it, and the weird part is, is I go around my house just going, Damn it, Castle! I just do that all night long. I don't know. And they never do that in the show. It's not that kind of uh, show. But the girl on it's kind of pretty, so I watch it. Now my coffee's cold. It's gross. Um, and then we move to CBS. Now, they got they moved the Big Bang Theory from Thursday to Monday again because of football. And then they have a new show, which is called Life in Pieces, which I watched today. Now, let me see what I got here. Um, now this uh, Life in Pieces it, you know it's one of those shows it did very well in the ratings of course it did very well Big Bang Theory is the biggest show on television until Empire returns Big Bang Theory is the number one show in America besides Sunday Night Football and Empire so well technically it's the number three show but it's number one comedy so anything that comes after it's going to do well but I saw this show Life in Pieces at an upcoming um, the series hold on the series will chronicle the life of a family as told from a point of view of each character based on their own version of events so they basically have four short stories every week and I saw it and Diane Weiss is in it and James Brolin and Colin Hanks that's Tom Hanks' son which of course just makes you angry um, and I watched it and the first two segments I hated I was getting angry. The first one was just annoying and frustrating. And the second one, for me, being a man and not married and not having a kid, uh, was too not working for me. But I suppose that's who's watching. And it was all about this woman's vagina and pregnancy issues. Again, um, I'm probably being a little sexist, but it was gross. And I, I don't care for it. The third one was just okay. <sighs> I guess the show sucks. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another chance. I, I wasn't happy watching it. I was only watching it because I'm like, well, I did talk about it for the show. 
normally I wouldn't care, but it's probably going to last. I mean, you know, once Big Bang Theory moves back to Thursday, let's see if it lasts, but it'll, you know, like The Odd Couple, and let's see if The Odd Couple, if they're going to put it on after The Big Bang Theory again, which they probably will when it comes back, um, let, you know, let's see if it does well, because it's a horrible show, and it's only doing well because it's on after The Big Bang Theory, so I'm, I'm going to say yes, that it will last at least half the season because it's on after Big Bang there. You'd have to be an idiot to think that it won't. Um, after that is Scorpion, which I saw the season premiere, which was horrible, and I'm hoping it's going to get better. You know, I like Scorpion, but I think they just tried too hard with the opening, and I'm hoping it's getting better. So I like Scorpion because it kind of reminds me of a show that I would watch as a kid, so I kind of like it. It's very much like a superhero show in many ways because, you know, you just have these geniuses and they figure stuff out, and it's kind of exciting. And uh, then NCIS Los Angeles, which, you know, those NCISs, they just kick ass. The CW has a new show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Now, I've not seen it yet because I don't think it has started. It doesn't start until October. Um, but the series uh, was created by the girl, I believe, who's in it. The series will follow Rebecca Bunch, a single woman, and her elusive pursuit of her longtime soulmate Josh, who dumped her while they were dating in high school in 2005. It's now 2015, and after being inspired by a TV commercial for a butter spread, she restarts her pursuit of Josh after she spots him in New York City when he tells her that he's moving to West Covina, California, just two hours from the beach, four hours in traffic. <laughs> That's the quote. Rebecca decides to move there as well, hoping it'll give her a fresh start and hopefully bring her closer to the still elusive Josh. That does not sound like a horrible premise to me. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that actually sounds like a fun, interesting premise. I saw the girl. She's not crazy attractive, but in that sense, I, I, I would like to show if the girl was like ridiculously hot. I'd probably watch it all the time because there's something super hot about a girl so desperate to find a man you know it's like a fantasy it's like I dream a genie you know where you have this genie that desperately wants to fuck this one guy and he's just like hey 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 relax <laughs> you know and she's like well what can I do should I dress hotter should I uh, just give you whatever you want and then you'll you know have sex with me and go out with me I mean that you know so I <laughs> so, so you know it could be a fantasy but I mean the premise you gotta say all, all the premises I tell you guys that doesn't sound too horrible it sounds kind of funny and, um, you know, they have it on um, to go along with Jane the Virgin, which, you know, I didn't think would do that well, but I was worried because it was on CW, so I thought it, you know, could do okay. And that's starting its second season. So, um, you know, if you have that show, then Crazy Ex-Girlfriend could completely work. But again, with the CW, I don't. their ratings are completely different than anyone else's, so it's hard to say. Now, Gotham came back last night. I thought it was pretty good. And then they have a new show on Fox called Minority Report, which is based on the Tom Cruise movie, which I just thought was okay. So um, let's see what they got here. Set in 2065, 11 years after the 2002 film, the series will follow Dash, a precog, who has the ability to predict crimes. Unfortunately, the pre-crime unit was dismantled in 2054, forcing law enforcement to rely on newer methods to fight... I'm already so bored. There's no way that show's lasting. I'm telling you right now. No way. No way. I just got a feeling. It's one of those things. I'm right about everything. Um, The only one I was wrong about last year, which, of course, I was positive about, was The Mysteries of Laura. But you know why they're keeping that show, because they have nothing else. NBC has nothing else. I even wrote that HuffPost article about it last year. Um... Minority Report will not last. That is my prediction. It, it, 
you know, it's science fiction and I like science fiction and I'm still bored by that. It's not going to last. Mark my words. I'm putting it out there. It's not going to last. Thank you. Now, in the winter, when Minority Report leaves, they're going to have a show called Lucifer, which sounds kind of awesome. Um, You remember last year I liked that show Constantine. Uh, This sounds a little bit like it. It's um, a loose adoption of the comic book, uh, which I, I didn't. I didn't. I guess I knew it was a comic book. I think it's a DC comic book. Um, the series will focus on Lucifer, who is bored and unhappy as the Lord of Hell and resigns his throne and abandons his kingdom for the beauty of Los Angeles, where he gets his kicks helping the LAPD punish criminals. I, I gotta tell you, I like that premise. That's funny. I, you look at me. I'm like, uh, we're not doing the. We're not playing the player clip, clip because that sounds funny to me, doesn't it? The devil punishing criminals because he just likes, you know, punching and kicking people and hurting them? I don't know. For some reason, that makes me happy. However, um, uh, the, oh, the guy who um, plays Robin Hood, uh, I believe, is the guy who's going to play Lucifer. I think that's the, in, um, in Once Upon a Time. And it's directed by uh, Len Wiseman, who... You know, he's married to Kate Beckinsdale. Remember who I met last year at this exact time? He's gorgeous. <laughs> um, what's the matter with me? Wait, I wanted to... There was something about Lucifer. Like, there was a bunch of people that were really troubled. Um, I can't remember. You know, people are complaining that Lucifer is going to be a hero, um, you know, already, so... Get ready for that, I guess. I don't know. I guess people have too much time in their hands. But technically, I'm one of those people, but at least I don't do that. And then um, the X-Files. What? Is the X-Files coming back? I see that's coming back in the winter. That's odd. I didn't know that. I guess Gotham's taking a break. The X-Files are going to come in, and then Gotham's coming back. I got to look back. I got to look into that. NBC has The Voice and then Blind Spot, which I watched last night. Series focuses on a mysterious tattooed woman who has lost her memory and does not know her own identity. The FBI discovers that each tattoo contains a clue to a crime they will have to solve. Now, the I watched the premise. It's it's it sounds exactly like the blacklist. It really is exactly like the blacklist. They knew they. I told you, NBC's in trouble. They knew they had a hit with the blacklist, so they're basically doing this where they have a new clue on the tattoo every week, just like they have a new blacklist person every week on the blacklist. So it wasn't bad. The girl's kind of sexy. Um, you know, we know a little bit about her now and stuff. Um, it wasn't bad, but it's the same stuff. I don't know. I'll probably watch it for the season. It's not horrible if I have time. Um, I think it'll do well. It's on a stupid day when nobody cares about anything. It did very well in the ratings uh, because it followed the voice. So the first episode did good. They certainly promoted the hell out of it. And, uh, you know, listen, the opening scene, just like in the blacklist, they, they, they're very good at NBC about doing these opening scenes, you know, and they showed you the opening uh, as a preview, like in America's Got Talent and The Voice, where the bag is left in Times Square and everybody's surrounding the bag, and then all of a sudden this woman comes out of the bag. It's kind of great stuff. Um, but we'll see. I found that thing on uh, Lucifer, what I was saying, on, on May 28th, um, one million moms launched the petition to prevent the show's airing. The petition says the new series will glorify Satan as a caring, likable person in human flesh. 
One million moms posted the petition. Um, concerned mothers have asked Fox to cancel the program by signing the petition. Can you believe this? The petition has since been removed from the One Million Moms website without listing it as a successful campaign because, you know what? Against the petition submitted by the right-wing Christian group, the character's co-creator reacted, saying, it seems like only yesterday it was night, but it was 1991 that the Concerned Mothers of America announced they were boycotting Sandman because it contained lesbian, lesbian gay, bi, and trans characters. Um, so it looks like uh, what the guy's saying is like, you, you said this 20 years ago and now everybody's accepting of bi, lesbian, whatever. I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever is. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. You know, on CBS, after the Big Bang Theory leaves to go back to Thursdays, and I guess Life in Pieces will leave as well, Supergirl. You know, a lot of people have been talking about it. Um, I believe I've said I've always hated the Supergirl character. Again, this sounds sexist. I don't like my women being superheroes, just the way it is, because... You know, it's a fantasy, and the fantasy is that the man saves the woman. That's the way it is for me. What can I tell you? But there's no doubt that Supergirl's hot. Um, I just don't... And also, um, I just didn't... Care. I mean, I like Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. So I guess there goes that theory. I just... I don't like Supergirl because I don't like... Superman's supposed to be the sole survivor of the planet Krypton, and then he has a cousin? I've always hated that. I hate Superboy, and I hate Supergirl. So I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to give it a try. It starts in November. 24-year-old Kara Zorel, who was taken by the Danvers family when she was 13, after being sent away from credit, must learn to embrace her powers after previously hiding them. The Danvers family... Yeah, it's just like Superman. Why am I even reading this? It's Superman! But Callista Flockhart's in it as, um... I don't know, I guess her boss. I guess she gets a job at a paper or something. Um, but you know who else is in it? Uh, Helen Slater who played the Supergirl in 1984. Oh, she plays Kara's foster mom. And Dean Kane, who played Superman and Lois and Clark, plays Kara's foster father. So that's cool. You know, I mean, they're... Yeah. I don't know. It's funny that they were talking about... Um, you know, it's done by the same people who do The Arrow and the Flash, but it's on CBS, so they can't... They were thinking about, you know, combining them, but then they can't because it's on a different show, and... Then they're talking about the costume, and they're so uptight about it. You know, they're like, it's a, it's not like it's not like going to be the costume worn by Karen in the comic books, which is a micro mini hemline, which you know is why I really liked that character. Um, and now it's like she's wearing a, you know, this. Uh, it looks horrible. Can I just be honest with you? I mean, it really does look not fun. And it could be a pro. It looks like uh, somebody said E. You know, one of the residents says, looks like a cheap Halloween costume. That's exactly what it looks like. And they're not buying into the gritty street style that the, the woman who made it is intending. So, uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a, a model advertising a moderately priced Halloween costume. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Supergirl. What's the matter with these people? Uh, now, last year, I got... I think everything I got on Mondays was right. That show, Stalker, uh, that got canceled pretty quick. Let me see if I... Yeah. Oh, The Millers. Do you remember that show? We talked about that. It was with uh, Will Arnett. I said that was getting canceled immediately. 
series ad. Uh, oh, it ran 34 episodes. Uh, I guess. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, it made it another season, but it only lasted four episodes of the second season because um, it was dumb. That show, State of Affairs, I said that would be definitely canceled. That was the Katherine Heigl one. Uh, got canceled right away. Those were all on Monday nights. I told you it would. Everybody hates Katherine Heigl. I don't know how she's going to come back from this. And I think that was it. Those were the only things that were on Mondays that got canceled. But whatever. Oh, my God. I'm all over the place. What else? Oh, you know, um, lastly, I guess I tried DraftKings. You probably see ads for that all the time on... uh, you know, on TV or whatever. It's like, I don't do fantasy football. I don't, you know, my pool is a pick em pool. And, um, you know, where you pick against the spread. And I've never been into fantasy, but I'm like, oh my God, they just kept advertising, advertising. I'm going to call them and ask them if they want me to advertise here because I, I don't know. You know, I, I was one of those people. I was like, all right, the commercials are working. I'm going to try this thing. I put in $20 and you can draft some stuff. I don't even know how it works. I mean, I was guessing. Yeah, they make it pretty easy for you. So I just drafted a team. You know, I guess you draft players from all the all the 32 teams, and then you have one fantasy team. You know, the best team you can make under the salary cap, you know, the fictional salary cap. So, um, so I gave it a try in week one. And, you know, I, I played one for like $9 and one for $3. And, you know, the most you can win is either a million dollars or $100,000. But you have to come in like 60,000th place, you know, to win something, which seemed like pretty good odds. But, you know, there's like 100,000 people playing or more. So I didn't win the first week. And I'm like, I don't even know how you win. I don't know how you're supposed to win. But last week, I won. I won like 20 bucks. I just saw it. I went, I was like, on, on Tuesday, I was like, oh, I wonder if I, what happened with that DraftKings thing? And then I just saw that I had more money in my account. And I'm like, what? And then I saw it and... I know, I guess I had Larry Fitzgerald from the Arizona Cardinals, and he went crazy. He scored like four touchdowns. And I had Brandon Marshall from the Jets because Sunday I wasn't doing much. So Monday night, um, I got helped, and I ended up coming in, I think, 20,000th place or maybe 8,000th, and I won $20. I was thrilled. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I was very excited about it uh, just to win the 20 bucks. That's a, I don't know. It's a new form of gambling for me. Yay. Everybody loves that. Oh, Oh, what is this? Oh, I keep pressing the wrong button. Yeah, obviously this is the end of the show. I think it went way over today, which is odd since I was such a mess today. You know, I, I, I was eight, I was full, it was a strange time. It was blah, blah, blah. I was sleeping all day. I was not sleeping. I don't know. I think I can uh, put a better show together next week or something. I hope it was an okay show. I was just talking out of my ass today, doing some crazy stuff. Um, I don't know what's happening next week. You know, either I'm doing... Uh, Race Wars, which is on Sirius, and this same SoundCloud, where you'll be able to hear me on that, or I'm doing that another week. I don't, I don't know, but you know, I'll be here as always. Next week will either be out on Thursday morning or Friday morning, so just know that we're definitely coming out. And uh, I don't know, you know, and then I'll sum up what happens tomorrow. Doing Artie's show, Giants Redskins, then Saturday, Kansas Rutgers. And then the party after, and then blah, 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 blah. This is Dave Juskow and the Dave Juskow Podcast. Have a great day, everybody, and a great week and a great weekend. And don't forget about Pope Hat Night. Pope Hat Night at uh, City Field this week. 
Everybody getting a free Pope hat with every purchase of a ticket. And uh, <laughs> it's Pope hat night, everybody. I'll see you next time at the Dave Josh Show.